0: This week on Thinking Biblically, I'm going to be sharing with you my preferred pronouns. Welcome to Thinking Biblically. My name is Alan Gilman. Thinking Biblically is a podcast dedicated to exploring how all of Scripture speaks to all of life. Before we get into this week's topic, I wanna remind everyone if you haven't done so already to please subscribe, to like, to review and to share. So uh, a little while ago, I received a call from a nurse from the hospital uh, as part of a preparation for a medical procedure, procedure that I'm anticipating. And she asked me for the, it was the first time officially that someone asked me what my preferred pronouns were. So i'm going to tell you what i told her my answer to the question what are my preferred pronouns is me myself and i she was taken aback a little bit and then i said i actually think this is most people's preferred pronouns and she she chuckled and we we talked about it a little bit and uh i i don't want anyone to be offended by this comment i know a lot of people are struggling with with identity issues and the struggle is real. But I have the conviction that at the root of these struggles is a focus on self. And a lot of us don't realize that this approach to life with so much focus on self is actually historically a fairly new thing. The fact that we struggle with who we are and what we're all about and the meaning of life, and what does that mean and and our, our discomfort with who we are and the, the bodies that we that are part of us. These struggles are real. And I, I want to share this with everyone because I believe that there's help real long lasting help for these kinds of struggles. As I've pondered these things, prayed about them and studied, I've, I've come to realize that this approach to life that is so consumed with self, with our feelings and our desires, like to us that all feels normal, as if this is the way it's always been. But actually, this kind of focus is fairly new in the history of the world. It came up some time ago when I was having a conversation with um, Dr. Scott Masson, uh, a professor at Tyndale University, and we were talking about education. And we were talking about, as so we're talking about education, and how in, in the course of our conversation, it dawned on me that the question that we ask children, what do you want to be when you grow up, that that wasn't normal some time ago because most people for most of history lived out that those things that were expected by family and by society. And most people didn't fret or even question those things. That's just the way it was. It's like, it was like the, the water that we fish were swimming in. The idea of, Picking and choosing a career and then choosing a course of study, which of course most people choose a course of study and then they don't follow up on that course of study in terms of what they actually do with their lives. But that's another story. And maybe it's not another story because finding our way in life, the, 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 the struggles that, that we face with that have a lot to do with the society in which we live, the kinds of expectations that we have. And my time with Scott showed that There used to be a whole other set of expectations. Now there's so much pressure to, quote-unquote, find out who we are. And there are expectations as to how we're to find out who we are. And it seems to me, and it seems to me from a biblical point of view, that some of the ways that we assume, uh, the the approaches that we should take to discover who we are are not actually biblical ones. Now I've been preparing this for a while. I've been giving this a lot of thought and along the way I came upon a book that was very helpful and it's by Dr. Carl Truman it's called Strangers in a Strange World. It's actually a concise version of a of a longer book that he wrote a couple of years ago. This this more concise version Strangers in a Strange World came out uh, quite recently. I'll put the the link in the description. I try to remember to reference most things that I, I mention in, in the podcast by putting the links in the description. Um, and so anyway, so Dr. Carl Truman in his book maps out how we got to this place of being so obsessed with self and how the discovery of self is the key, this idea, the discovery of self is the key to finding out who we are, and what our purpose is is in the world. And this didn't happen. It didn't really start till a couple hundred years ago, starting with Jean Jacques Rousseau, the philosopher, and, and and some of the other people that he mentions the book, many of us haven't read their writings, don't know much about these people. And yet, them then through the, the arts, through other teaching, ways we get exposed to some of these things, we've begun to take their view of life for granted. Now, maybe there's some people watching or listening to this that uh, the Bible's new to you, you're not necessarily a believer in Yeshua the Messiah, but I assume that most people who watch and listen to my podcasts are. And I'm sharing this because we've been affected by this other approach to life as well. We are inheritors of a couple hundred years of philosophy and psychology that we just take for granted. And we don't really realize that we've been sucked into a way of thinking that is actually not biblical. And I have dedicated this podcast to thinking biblically. Uh, So Dr. Truman's book really helped me to see that there are categories of thought that we just take for granted. And what we're actually doing is we're stuffing, we people who uh, value the Bible, we stuff what we think are biblical principles into these various categories, thinking that we're doing better than than, than other people. We don't realize that these categories become lenses and filters by which we approach life and understand life, and often what comes out the other end is not actually thinking biblically. And I realize that what what we need to do more of and what I'm going to try to do more of is, is see how these categories of thinking are false and how we are to replace false categories with true biblical categories, the ones, the categories in which we are to understand God, understand life and understand ourselves. So this, this thing of so I've been struggling all my life with me, myself and I, because my natural tendency is to focus on self. And it appears a lot of us have been doing this for a long time, and it, it's this thing about the about categories. That I I was thinking, and I've actually given this much thought through the years, as I try to get to know God better, get to know His Word better, get to live life in a, in a God seek to live life in a godly way. I'm interested in in God revealing to me where my obstacles are, and one of them goes back to the. To the very first day I heard about Yeshua being the long-awaited Jewish Messiah. Those of you who uh, who know my story, and of course I will put the link to my story in the description if you don't yet know it. <laughs> um, I knew nothing about God prior. My life was a complete mess. I was almost 19 years old. I heard the truth about scripture, about Yeshua for the first time and God radically transformed my life and he continues to do so. But that hour and a half time I had with this friend of a friend who was visiting Montreal from California uh, was so profound and so helpful and so good and so true in so many ways. Uh, He was a young person like myself and yet he was so well informed and God used him so powerfully that afternoon but there's one element there was one approach i can now call there's a category of thought that we had bought into and i believe god used it god uses imperfect vessels to to do his wonderful work as he did in my life that afternoon but there was something that that was said to me that i'm has been a problem my entire life it was the thing that got my attention. And there were other things that got my attention as we got into the conversation. But as you know, those of you who know my story, I was offered something that afternoon. It was that if I would take a step and confess my sins, ask, repent of my sins, ask God to forgive me for my wrongs, and put my trust in Yeshua as the Messiah, I was told... I would be happy for the rest of my life and live forever in heaven. And as the story goes, and as I've told it so many times, I didn't care much about heaven, but I was miserable and I was looking for happiness. Now, there is some truth in the statement, believe in Jesus and you'll be happy for the rest of your life. There is a contentment. There is a sense of well-being that is available by putting our trust in the Messiah. But especially where I was at, the day I was living in, I really thought I was gonna feel good. I was gonna feel the the wonderful feeling of happiness all the time. And I was being offered uh, like a a, a medication. Uh, It was like, Take these two pills and, and you'll be magically uh, healed of all your emotional struggles. And I was going through panic attacks and anxiety, depression. Um, and as what what happened was the panic attacks that I've been ha- having constantly for the two weeks prior disappeared and they disappeared for a long time from that moment on. And there's, I have reasons to believe that there was, um, there might even been some brain chemical miracles that happened that day. But to tell somebody, say the following words, and you're going to feel better for the rest of your life, has its problems. And we're going to get into uh, this a little bit more. The, the main problem with that was not that I was being offered incredible, wonderful benefits should I take this step? Because there are infinite benefits of believing in Yeshua and eternal benefits for believing in Yeshua. The amount of pieces in my life that he put together as a result of that step that I took that day, are overwhelming. I'm going to be talking, um, I'm going to be doing a sermon in a couple of weeks in a con in a congregation here in in Ottawa on the topic of peace, and I'm planning to explore the how peace is this wonderful, uh, the uh, a healthy interweaving of fabric of life. Hopefully, I'll say it better that day, and that we can have peace with God through our relationship with Yeshua. It, and it's overwhelming and it's very true. But here's the problem when I was told I would be happy for the rest of my life if I would say these words, is the focus was on me. I was miserable. I needed help. And if I would say this prayer, I would be happy forever, me, myself, and I. Now. Don't get me wrong, there is help for me, myself, and I in God. You think of stories of of, the blind man crying out, the crowd's going by, Yeshua's there, and he's calling out, Son of David, have mercy on me. He wanted help for himself. He wanted to see. His disciples were telling him to be quiet, but Yeshua calls him out and he comes forward and and the Lord asks him, what do you want? And he said, Lord, I want to see. And he didn't get a lecture as to why that was an inappropriate request. He was granted that which he was yearning for, for himself. So maybe that's a picture of a little bit like about me. I I had an overwhelming need. I was desperate. And God used my desperation to lead me to himself that day. And I was blessed beyond anything that I could imagine. But maybe what this is, is I didn't realize that God was going to use my obsession with self to begin a process of turning away from self and unto him. And my concern is that the air we breathe, the, breathe, the water that we're swimming in, the societal uh, um, th- moment that we're in, the things that we take for granted is we are being catered to. and. So many of us believe that discovery of self is what it's all about. Confusion about self and the brokenness of self can lead us to God, but then God wants to turn our focus to Him to find the true meaning of life and what it really means to be, to be human. I hope I I've explained this well. I don't know if you, if you sense the struggle that I, I face trying to, to reckon with, with, with these things. Please, if, if you have any questions, you don't agree with me, uh, leave comments in the comment section or email me at comments at thinkingbiblically.org. The issue here and what's been going on in our day, which according to Dr. Truman, and as I can tell, he he explains it so well, um, how we got here with a certain kind of focus on self, whereby self becomes the compass, self becomes the goal of, of what life is all about, that so much of this has to do with the place of feelings and desires in our lives. Feelings are real things. Feelings are a part of our lives, and if if you you meet people, they don't. Some people don't seem to feel, and that's another kind of problem. They're not in touch with their feelings. You know, feelings are supposed to be indicators of of how we're inter uh, in uh, how we're relating to life. Uh, So when you smell smoke that should alert you and cause a, a, a level of an, a anxiety, you should do something about this. And maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's nothing. Um, but maybe it's something and then you should deal with it. And there's all sorts of feelings that we have that are part of truly being human the way God made us to, to be. But feelings can deceive us. We can sense something that is incorrect. But all, and also what, and part of what's been happening is we've been told that feelings are, are, are the things that we should focus on to discover who we are. And that is truly misguided. Just because we have a feeling doesn't make it true. You know, we're broken as human beings. Ever since Adam and Eve rebelled against God, we are not all that we are supposed to be. And so we could have feelings that that are not um, informing us correctly. You know, there are poisonous spiders and there are non-poisonous spiders. We should not freak out over any spiders. And some of you are already nervous because I said the word spider and put in your word, what triggers you? We should avoid poisonous spiders. There's all sorts of spiders. We do not have to freak out over the non poisonous ones. I think maybe I don't know if I've told this story on on my podcast, but years ago uh, we had uh, we were doing a Bible study in our home, and there was a, a a family we came to know that had recently immigrated from South Africa, and I was talking about fal- false fear, being afraid of something that we don't need to be afraid of, like snakes under the bed, not realizing that our South African friends had to deal with the real issue of snakes under the bed so that would not be a good illustration for them unless we're talking about real that there are things to be afraid of and some of them are hidden and we need to learn how to deal with those things but others of us um, are overwhelmed with things that we needn't be overwhelmed about and we need to find how to trust god when we're dealing with things like that well one of the things that feelings don't do is feelings don't define who we are, but we have a problem. We're born into the world without a map. We're born into the world without a compass. And so human beings, since since we were first kicked out of the garden, um, we have been wandering, trying to find our way. And there's all sorts of ways that people have attempted to find out what life is all about and, and what our place is in this life. For the, the believer in Yeshua, we should know that the scriptures function like a map, like a compass. Um, but it's too bad, it's tragic actually, how we've been influenced by, by worldly ideas that suggest that there are other ways to find out who we are. We've actually been given the, uh, the responsibility to help others who don't yet have that map to discover that God has given us his roadmap to life, his instruction manual, and all these ways of talking about the Bible are imperfect, but it is through Scripture that we do find our way, and we can find out who we really are and how we function, um, are to function in life. And so what's happened is through the past couple of hundred years, uh, feelings, we've been told that feelings tell us who we are and what's become more and more prevalent and it's hard to believe that it wasn't always this way sexual feelings are to tell us who we are and that is what's happening in our day i feel this way i feel driven i feel drawn i feel affection i feel desire towards towards someone and that is Now I'm supposed to interpret that to mean something about myself. That's objective that this is telling me who I am I Through reading a uh, dr. Truman Even the idea of calling somebody a heterosexual or calling somebody a homosexual this way of of associating sexual desires with identity That was never a thing before. Sex was something that people did. It wasn't something that they identified their, the very core of their being by. But that's what we do now. We see ourselves as our desires. But the Bible teaches us that we're not our desires. Desires are simply desires. Feelings are simply feelings. They can be very strong. They can be very powerful. They can be very useful, but they can also deceive us. Who we are doesn't come from how we feel inside. Who we are is actually something that's to be derived from outside of ourselves, not inside. And yet, for some people, that's all they have. We live in a very lonely day. We live in a very distrustful day. And so we go inside to find out who we are, which is also, it's a a little... It's, it's 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 this is going to be a little contradictory. We think we have to go inside and yet we often discover who we are because other people put suggestions in our minds or we're drawn to what other people are doing and that gives us ideas or we want to be like other people. In actuality, we don't go inside to find out who we are. We go outside and then then maybe we go inside as we are influenced by others. It's why in this day of and uh, the past many decades, it's been the decade, decade of the individual. We are individuals. I remember a friend of mine saying years ago, it's one of my favorite lines. Uh, and It goes like this. We're all individuals. We all think for ourselves. We are all individuals. We all think for ourselves. And isn't that what it's like? We think. We we pride ourselves in being self made, being who we are. And yet, the more we do that, it appears the more we become carbon copies of everybody else around us or a particular group that we value, we'll find our individuality in our group, it doesn't actually make any sense. And that's because we're actually made for community. But not to be gobbled up by community. There is an individuality that's important, and there is a, a, an understanding of self that is so essential to living out our lives in the way that we were designed by God to live. And so we are going to find meaning some somehow. We might deceive ourselves into thinking that we're doing it all by ourselves when we're not, uh, but there is A way to find out who we really are and that does happen outside of ourselves other people should be helping us but often other people could be more of a problem than the solution there is only one being in the universe that is self-defining and that is of course you know the answer whether you agree with it or not it's God God is the the definer, and we learn this even in his very name. In the book of Exodus, one of Moses' questions to God as he's trying to get out of going to Egypt to confront Pharaoh to say, let my people go, he asks God his name. What shall I say your name is if Pharaoh asks me? And God says to him, I am who I am, or I am that I am. And that's where God's name, which is represented by the Hebrew letters Yud-Heh-Vav-Heh, sometimes people try to pronounce that through Yahweh, Yahweh, we don't really know how to pronounce that, I'm not going to go into that now as to why. Uh, most English Bibles represent the name of God through the capital letters L-O-R-D, Lord spelled with capital letters. It's derived from the verb to be. The God is the existent one. He is the great being. In French Bibles, they, they, they try to translate this concept with l'éternel, the eternal one, the great being. I am who I am. Only God is the self-defining one. And as the self-defining one, and as the creator of all things, God is the one there, then, who defines everything else. God is the one who defines us. And when we discover God's definition of us, then we find out who we really are. We get lost when we seek to understand ourselves through any other means. There's a tendency, we want somebody to tell us who we are. And again, we often do that under the guise of discovering ourselves. But we it's through knowing ourselves the God of the universe, through the Messiah, that we understand how God defines us. And then we can know who we are and live out the kind of life that he wants us to. And then we discover through the scriptures that not only is God the definer, but as uh, the creator and designer of who we are, we have been designed by God to serve. We were not created for ourselves. This is the lesson I had to learn. I'm being told I could be happy the rest of my life, but that happiness, the contentment, the joy is not derived by being focused on me, my issues, whether it be my problems or, or the stuff that I do. And I don't know about you, but I find that to be a challenge. I really care a lot about myself and I struggle. I struggle with how I feel. And I uh, struggle with what's happening. And I struggle with doing this. And to get my mind off of myself is a challenge. And I guess it's a challenge for a lot of people. We were created by God to be caretakers of planet Earth. We were to serve God and then serve his purposes. And part of that is to serve one another. We were not created for ourselves. We were not created to, to focus on ourselves. But who are we? Sadly, this is a difficult question for even a lot of of Bible believers, because so many people have bought into the notion that there's a real you trapped inside your, your physical body. And this detachment from um, the physical realm, the detachment of the physical realm, from the spiritual realm even in terms of our bodies and our souls you'll hear believers talk about this you'll hear teachers and preachers talk about this sort of thing on a regular basis and this is this that what has been affecting our society the idea that there's a real us trapped inside of our bodies as if our bodies are a prison but that is not the biblical view god created us physically and spiritually. And those aspects of us are to be integrated. And we can find that integration through the Messiah, and by understanding who we are based on God's Word. And so what we need to discover is that that integration between our physical selves and our, and our immaterial selves, as opposed to so focusing on what we think we are inside, and then Making our body, um, come in line when our bodies are not in line with who we are or what we think we are. The scripture tells us that God made us in the image of God, male and female. He created us. And it appears a lot of us, what our problem is with life is we don't like what God, how God has made us. Now there are. There is the broken part of ourselves. There might be the ill, the sick part of ourselves that needs healing, but there's other aspects of us that have been made because God made us that way. And there's so much resentment in the world today because we don't like what God has made. I wonder if some people are resentful that God has made them at all. No one understands better than God that there are issues that we are facing in our lives that are not the way that they should be and God wants to help us with them. But then there are other areas of our lives are the way that God wants them to be and we need to understand the difference. We are the inheritors of the Disney philosophy that we could be whatever we want to be. And remember, it's in uh, the... Uh, sequel to sister act sister Act 2 uh where uh a speech would be Goldberg the actress gives the speech to one of the main characters and and says to her if you wake up in the morning I'm not quoting exactly if you wake up in the morning maybe I am if you wake up in the morning and all you want to do is sing you're a singer well there are some people that all they want to do is sing then they should not be singers or they should get a lot of singing lessons first, that doesn't mean you can't sing in the shower. And there are some of you that should aren't singing that should be singing. But just because you want something really bad, and you're obsessed with something that in itself doesn't mean that's who you are. And that's what you're supposed to do with your life. There are some people that are overwhelmed with a sense of something. And they there are blockages to that and and those are what we might call mountains that need to be moved. Other people are facing blockages because they're not supposed to do that thing. And how do you know the difference? Do we know, do we discover the difference about the things we should do and battle for and the things that we should not do and all these things? Do we discover that by looking inside? Or do we look outside to the God who made us and who knows what we are supposed to be? You know, self is a terrible master. And I've had to learn this. I've had to learn that, that I'm not a good Lord of me. I can actually be a selfish brat. Uh, And uh, I need to let God speak into that and respond properly. In fact, the Bible tells us, Yeshua tells us, that living for self is a serious dead end john 12 24 and 25 yeshua says truly truly i say to you unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies it remains alone but if it dies it bears much fruit whoever loves his life loses it and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life this doesn't is not a call to reckless living this is a call to facing the difficult things in life that at times we think are might kill us, be willing to give our lives for what is good and right, and we're going to find life there. There are other passages that speak about denying ourselves. In a world that says, you know, f- feed yourself, uh, uh, you know, be good to yourself. Now, you know, some people take this to a different extreme. And some people go overboard with self-neglect, and some do it in the name of following the Lord when actually they're not listening to the lord at all they're actually trying to satisfy something about themselves but through self-sacrifice that is misdirected but they're as far as i can tell they're in the minority the majority is obsessed with self and 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 trying to find f- fulfillment for self years ago i heard about a couple struggling in their in their relationship And the husband had said to the wife, I'm not having fun anymore. That really captures uh, how many of us are not facing the very important things of life. Marriage can be fun, but it's not about fun. It's not about me. And yet a lot of people uh, get married and have children for self to fulfill themselves rather than fulfilling God's designs and desires for us. And then being satisfied. There is satisfaction for us to have, but we are to be satisfied in fulfilling God's will uh, for our lives. That's That's not discovered by getting in touch with our feelings. Life is not about making ourselves feel better, but rather aligning ourselves with Truth. And sometimes that can hurt. Being confronted by what's wrong with us can hurt. Doing what is right can hurt. But that is what is going to actually be what's best for our lives and the lives for all those around us. God is calling us to a journey, and it's a journey of turning from the focus of self to focusing on Him learning to hear Him, learning to hear what He is saying to us, what He is calling us to do, and who He says we are. And I can assure you, His definition of who we really are is going to be a lot better than anything that we could figure out about ourselves. Again, the process can be difficult, but we need to help We need to help each other and avail ourselves to the help that God wants to give us as he transforms us in his way into his likeness in his time. Please let me know what you think about any of this. Comment below or email me at comments at thinkingbiblically.org. Don't forget to subscribe and to share. Until next time. This is Alan Gilman with Thinking Biblically.